Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay. And we are live, but I'm just going to let this stream breathe just for a second. Make sure we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, right as we are getting ready to go live, we're both logging on to our streaming service we get notified by the streaming service that they're having connectivity, connectivity, I guess I said that right, issues. And uh, so that delayed us going live. And then it's probably fair to warn our listeners that because they notified us, they might be having problems on their end. If there are any connection issues or delay lags or anything, it's not on us. It's, it's on StreamYard. Blame them. Yeah, I was about to go on a whole tangent blaming Spectrum, my internet service, but if anyone is experiencing that, just know it's not your internet, it's us, it's the StreamYard service, it's the, you know, the browser you're using right now, or it's the website you're using right now, so it's not on your end, it's on their end, and uh, I'm happy to be on now, though. Usually it's my fault, we're a little late, but this time I was right on time, so blame StreamYard. Not a whole heck of a lot happening on a Monday, you know, probably the last Monday, actually, before the legal tampering period opens up, Zach. But there are a couple of issues to talk about, including the fact that on Thursday, now the main thing I want to touch on, we'll, we'll talk more about this in just a minute, is the Josh Norman deal, what that could mean for Chris Harris, how it affects the cornerback market. But I want to remind everybody, Zach, the Broncos have that decision to make coming up here on Thursday, which is the deadline for the franchise tag. Do you think they're going to end up tendering Justin Simmons with the tag, or do you think – They'll get a multi-year deal done between now and then. 
I mean, no way of knowing without knowing how far along the negotiations are, but I think as a placeholder, they'll tag Justin Simmons just to have that option. Probably a uh, exclusive franchise tag, meaning he cannot negotiate with outside teams. They can't even surrender a first-round pick for his services. And Broncos fans shouldn't flip out if that's the, that's the short-term solution for Simmons. They're going to tag him. They would have under the current CBA until July 15th to work on a long-term contract, which I think will get done at some point in time. It might, it might not happen this week, and that's why I believe just as a place holder just as a, a temporary solution they would tag him i think that could be the possibility uh come thursday chad i still wonder man is he in a vic fangio scheme now again i'm not trying to create doubt in anybody's mind but i do wonder the idea of paying a safety 14 million or so a year which you know nikki jabala of the athletic she had a great article uh today on monday and she was kind of laying out her opinion of what the odds are of each homegrown free agent re-signing with the Broncos, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat tonight, and what kind of deal, you know, they're they they're projected to get on the open market, and she uh, she thinks fourteen million is about where it's going to end up on a multi-year deal for Justin Simmons, and I still I just wonder, Zach, you know, is it is he really worth that kind of money? Uh, you know, if both of us were ready to pay Byron Jones $16 million, he's a cornerback, there's not that much difference. I mean, I know cornerback is more important, but Justin Simmons, $14 million, it's market value. And let's not forget, he plays cornerback too, Chad. He can play nickel, he can play both safety spots, he's a great sure. locker room guy. I mean, he's really the all-around player deserving of a fat contract. And 14 might seem like a lot for safety, a non-premium, non-sexy position, but that's just the going rate for young uh, just superstar level safeties in the NFL. And we we wanted, you know, Eddie Jackson coming from the Bears. We wanted all these players coming over. We're always ready to open up the pocketbook for outside players. But let's reward a homegrown guy who wants to be in Denver and fought his tail off to get better and being a Pro Bowl uh, level guy. The other thing that's important about getting Justin Simmons re-signed is the fact that it sends the message. It sends the right message to the locker room, right? Yes. That, hey, if you show up to work every day, you you know, you put in the work. You have the right attitude. You attack this as a pro. Here's what can happen for you. Here's, you know, I mean, Chris Harris is a walking example of that. Von Miller was a, is a walking example of that. But Justin Simmons kind of represents <clears throat> that next generation, the post. He's kind of the poster child for that post-Super Bowl 50 Broncos generation. And, of course, Drew Locke's joining him as the poster child here very, very soon. But you want that message, you know, like with with Matt Paradis, we talked a lot about this about this time last year that, you know, it'd be good to get him resigned for that purpose alone. I mean, forget the fact that he's been mostly an Ironman throughout his career and, you know, top 10 center. It sends the right message, Zach. And again, I'm not saying that because I think the Broncos should not. Uh, I'm not saying the Broncos shouldn't shouldn't bring in Justin Simmons on a multi-year deal. I definitely think they do. But I look at Vic Fangio's system over the years both in Chicago, most recent two stops, Chicago, and in San Francisco. Man, the safeties thrive wherever Fangio goes. It's a great great point, a valid point, but you know, in Fangio's system, Simmons went from that, you know, borderline Pro Bowl player to being a no doubt Pro Bowl player, household name, superstar, nationally recognized, nationally known. So to me, that's worth it, Chad. And just knowing he got that Fangio bump and now he's at that level of stardom and hopefully he can maintain that after getting a rich contract. But in terms of deserving it, I think by far and away, 14 mil, it's not, you know, franchise quarterback money, you're not paying Von Miller money for Justin Simmons. But it's it's par for the course, and I think he earned that. For this reasons you laid out, the reasons I laid out, I just think if you're going to pay any guy this offseason, Simmons deserves it. 
You know, it's not that far off from Von Miller money, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, we're talking Peyton Manning played on uh, in 2015, his last year as a Bronco. He pay, he played on a $15 million salary plus uh, incentives if they – Let's see, what was it? He could earn he took a pay cut from 19 million to 15 million, and he could earn back all four million plus probably a little extra bonus if they made the if they won the one if they won the division, won the one seed, and won the Super Bowl, he would get it all back and then some. And of course, it being Peyton Manning, that's exactly what he did. But that's the that's the type of contract Justin Simmons is in line for. He's gonna get it, whether it's the Broncos or another team. All sides point to it being the Denver Broncos. And guys. We're going to get to the main crux of tonight's episode here in just one second. Quick matter of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And then to make sure you're up to date on all things Broncos, breaking news, analysis, as it's happening in real time. Make sure you're also following the mother account at Mile High Huddle. Stay plugged in. And then when you get some time, guys, head on over to huddleuppod.com, as you can see here on your screen, to the merch store. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a hoodie like Zach's sporting the the hoodie that we have up there. More and more of you are are ordering and sending us selfies and pics, and we're getting it out on social media, showing you some shout-outs and and some love. And it's great to see, but we're just reminding everybody because this show is growing by about 250 new listeners, give or take, each and every week when you look at YouTube, you look at Apple Podcasts, you look at Facebook. So it's a reminder to those of you, if you might be new to the to the show, go to huddleuppod.com. It's an easy, organic way to support the channel, to support the podcast in, in Mile High Huddle. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, one other thing before we get to Josh Norman. Going back to this Nikki Jabvala piece, she uh, laid out as it relates Connor McGovern that she believes it's a 75% chance the Broncos re-sign him and not in the tens of millions, not in the nine to 10 million, which is what I've kind of, based on my research and the people I've talked to, I've kind of felt like he was cruising for that top 15 center money, which puts him in the nine, eight to $10 million range, Okay. She's thinking it's somewhere around six million. 
Um, and that it's a 75% chance that he returns. Now, Zach, we knew coming out of the combine, Elway said, yeah, we want to talk to Connor. We're interested in bringing him back, basically. But just looking at what the market is likely to provide him, I just didn't see it happening. But she's saying 75% chance. So she's she's heard some things, and she's about as plugged in as anybody when it comes to Dub Valley. Yeah, it's definitely worth taking note, but uh, that's right now, I think, baseline value for McGovern. That's the minimum I think he had on the open market. For six, though, I'm a player. I'll do that any day of the week for, for, starting, sure. for a starting center who knows the system, providing continuity for Reisner, continuity on the offensive line, considering he's losing Leary to the right of him as well. I would do that, no questions asked. Ten for McGovern, I would shy. I, would, I think I would balk from. But six, seven mil, that's a steal for a starting center who performed pretty well last year in place of Paradis. Not Paradis level, but still definitely above average. You can definitely get by with him. I just think when it's all said and done, he's going to get some offers on the open market that would bump his value to the seven and a half, eight million dollar range. Then you're starting to ask yourself, is he worth it? Can we replace him in the draft? Is there a cheaper free agent option? I like Ted Karras from the Patriots. He, I think he'd be in that range as well. He performed very out of, I think he was a top 20 center according to Pro Football Focus last year. So if they're looking for options they might find a few on the open market that are cheaper but for six seven i'm resigning mcgovern all day every day i mean even if you don't <clears throat> excuse me even if you don't think he's a top 10 center all right that's fine but we're talking about a guy who started all 16 games last year at center has stayed healthy his entire career he's never had any kind of dings good point. And cuts and bruises that's and good point. you know hasn't missed time as a result he also played every snap for the broncos last year at center and was not penalized one time I'll do respect to Nikki Jabala because I think she, I have nothing but the most respect for her, and and she's a phenomenal rider. And again, she's as plugged in as anybody. I just think she might be underestimating Zach yeah. his value on the open market by maybe about three million bucks. And if I'm wrong, I'll happily eat that crow because it means the Broncos probably get him resigned on the relative cheap. You know, as the Broncos proved last year, even the above average, barely starting quality linemen get overpaid in free agency. It's just how it works in the NFL because there's such a dearth of decent quality linemen in the NFL. I would not be surprised at all if his end value approaches the $9 million range, $9.5 million range. I think Job Bob was being a little um, homeristic to the Broncos' chances of resigning him. And, uh, but for six, though, for seven, I'm doing all day every day. That's, that's a steal for him. Edward. Denver Broncos for life. Look, he's, right. he's sporting his new Huddle Up podcast shirt and his new profile pic. Looking sharp, my dog. Good to he see you. He tweeted us as well. Yep. Appreciate you, Edward. Yep, retweeted that. It's good to see you. Welcome, everybody who've been hanging out in the room. Evan, Chase, Robert, Scott, Mohammed, Kyle. What's up, guys? Word. It's good to see you guys. Let's see. I know we're going to talk about uh, Josh Norman, but we've got a few Super Chats sitting here, and I don't want – any of our great superstars here thinking that we're ignoring them. So let's grab really quick and then we'll, we'll dive into Josh Norman. Jonathan jumps in with a $10 donation on super chat. Thank wow, you. Thanks, Jonathan. Jonathan. That means the world to us, bro. We shouted you out on Twitter. Well, we have every time you've, you've uh, donated to the show, Jonathan, if you're on Twitter, follow us, make sure I know it's you so that I have your Twitter account for after the fact, we can shout you out, stuff like that. Tag you on Twitter. Uh, Zach, one more here, and then we'll we'll grab. Uh, oh, and this is Edward, jumping in ten dollars. Thank you, Edward, star the man. Working his way up the Huddle Up podcast, uh, Mount Rushmore of superstars. He says, uh, "So ready for free agency in the draft, go Broncos." We are too, man. It's yeah. it's Phil. I don't know, dude. Like the last five days, 
Zach, it's really, let's just say the last week or so, it's really felt like things have just ground to a halt mm-hmm. and nothing's really come out, nothing new to jump on. You know, post AJ Bouye, everything's just kind of went ground to a halt. Can't wait for it to open up. In less than a week, we're going to have legal tampering period opening, which is the 16th. Yeah, the 16th, because free agency opens the 18th. And then from there, dude, it's going to be floodgates. I mean, even the next couple of days with the franchise tag window, it might get Justin Simmons news or non news, as it were. I mean, this is where from this week on, from this point forward, we're going to get a ton of rumors coming out, speculation. My personally favorite time of the year. And Chad, the first year I'm covering a Broncos team with a franchise quarterback in place, not the Simeons and the Case Keenans of the world. So it's exciting to me to see how Elway is going to operate having that young franchise guy under center. I'm really actually excited to see what he's going to do the next couple of months. All right, so let's talk about Josh Norman. Now, he's a guy that we mentioned when uh, the Redskins released him You know, a few weeks ago. We mentioned him as a possibility, not necessarily someone we were advocating for the Broncos, but a savvy veteran. Maybe he's lost a little bit of his uh, fastball in terms of you know he's 32 years old. As an option, though, he hits the market, and because he's a street-free agent, because the Redskins cut him, that renders him a street free agent. He's free to sign with whoever he wants, whenever he wants. He doesn't have to wait till March 18th. So today he ends up signing with the Buffalo Bills. He's guaranteed, Zach, $6 million. It's a one-year deal. So it's very much kind of a prove-it type of scenario for him. Yeah. They're guaranteeing him $6 million, and he has the chance to make eight with incentives if he hits all of his escalators. To me, I was a little bit surprised at the low, how low it was. Now, some people think, no, dude, like that's what he's worth. And maybe it's true, but I thought still he had another, at least one more contract, you know, one, two year deal worth pushing 10 million per year, but 6 million. What I think Zach is going back to right before the trade deadline last year, where the Denver Broncos offered Chris Harris a two year, two new uh, years on his, on his contract, 26 million with basically half of it guaranteed. That's 13 million a year. He said, no, thank you. I'm starting to wonder if he's going to get that on the open market, Zach. For Norman, though, it just shows how far his value has plummeted and how bad of a season he had last year, Chad, where he was just roasted, he was benched, and uh, he found one suitor, the perfect landing spot, because he knows the GM and their former head coach from his days uh, with the uh, with his former team. So, I mean, yeah. he, he has that connection, and uh, it was a perfect landing spot for him. But $6 million for Norman, I thought that was about what he'd get in his 30s, coming off a disastrous year. For that money, though, I'm giving that to Amukamara. That's, to me, that's his money. That's what he deserves. I think he would come in the Broncos from day one and be a starting caliber cornerback. I want nothing to do with Josh Norman. I'm glad he's off the open market now, so we don't have to talk about him anymore. Yeah, it does kind of hint also about Prince Amukamara. They're similar age. They're both over 30. I think Amukamara has a little bit more uh, momentum going his way in terms of you know, he didn't completely fall off a cliff last year like like uh, Josh Norman did, but he made between nine and ten million. It was like nine and change last year for the Chicago Bears. I still wonder why. I'm still slightly surprised that the Broncos haven't already signed Prince of Mukamara. Now yeah. I know they just moved mountains and grabbed AJ Bouye, and that's probably one of the main reasons why Mukamara is still out there. But as a street free agent, he's free to sign. I'm wondering what kind of money he's holding out for. And he's looking across the NFL and he's seeing a guy similar to him in Josh Norman command six million on a one year deal mm, on the Denver point. Broncos. I'm coming to him and I'm going, hey dude, two years, uh we'll pay you we'll pay you sixteen million over two years with the first year guaranteed. 
maybe even less than that. I think you could get him for less than that, possibly, Zach. I would do that in a heartbeat. The only thing is that it suggests to me the Broncos have a bigger move planned or like you said, Amukamara is holding on for more money. I don't know which it is, but maybe you're right. Maybe that'll convince him, hey, I'm probably not going to meet my 9, 10, 11 in a year demands. I'm going to probably end up settling for 6, 7, 8. If that's the case, Denver should come calling. I don't know what the holdup is, but I assume it's just a monetary, you know, they're not on the same page. I'm sure they made a call. We can speculate on that. But the fact they haven't signed him, what are you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, it's not for lack of, like, you might think, well, it's like Chris Harris. He's waiting to see what kind of offers are going to be out there for him. Right. I mean, every team in the league right now is free to negotiate with Prince of Mukamara. Like, he's he's a street-free agent. So, you wonder what's delaying this being a possibility. I think the Broncos, based on what we're hearing, the Broncos have a legitimate interest in him. But what it's coming down to, Zach, is at, what, at the right price. We're interested in bringing you in, Prince, so long as you're willing to take a little bit of a discount to be reunited with Vic Fangio. And Desmond Ray, by the way, jumps in uh, on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Thank Thank you, Desmond. Desmond. He says, I actually think we'll keep Chris Harris Jr. What do you guys think? Nah, I don't see it at all. He gone. I really don't, man. He's been gone. I'm trying to think back. I think Nikki Jabala had it like at a – really low. It was below 25% chance Chris Harris Jr. comes back. And dude, you can't, you can't be publicly hailing the chiefs to call you (laughs) when you're still technically a Denver Bronco and not think that there's a little bit of rot underneath that log. Like there's something going on there. And obviously we know what it is, you know, this back and forth between he and Elway for the better part of the last year or so, this straw that broke the camel's back for Harris is AJ Bouye coming in and, and them absorbing that contract and, you know, he thinks that money should go toward him. Well, it's like, look, dude, the Broncos offered you the money. They offered to give you $13 million a year, which I think, Zach, is a pretty fair mm-hmm. statement of and, a, and recognizing fairly where he's at in his career and also still kind of rewarding him a little bit for contributions he's made to the club. I think any chance of him coming back was extinguished by his comments like you just mentioned after the Bouye trade when he said, come get me. He acted like a scorned ex who was uh, just trying to get back at his former partner, and that's how he is. He's a petty kind of guy. He's a, a money-driven, money-hungry kind of guy who thinks a lot higher about himself than the outside world sees him, and that's just going to be his reputation wherever he takes him, whether that's Kansas City or whether that's Vegas or wherever. That's the kind of person Chris Harris Jr. is, so I don't see any chance of him coming back. If the Broncos wanted him, they would would have assigned him last year, not wait till this year. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know what to believe in terms of this tug of war between the Broncos front office and Chris Harris. I think, though, that they did make him a fair offer. He didn't accept it. And so, you know, there's a little pride involved for Elway at this stage, too. He's like, look, dude, I offered you an extension, fair extension, by the way, which was an increase over your previous contract. Right. And you didn't accept it. So pound sand, dude. You think you can go find it elsewhere? Go get that. Like Elway, I think at this stage, you know, he's kind of like, well, you know, you reap what you sow. They didn't have to do that either. They didn't have to incentivize him another three mil. I mean, he was under contract for that season. The Bron- that was a good faith move by Elway. And, exactly. and, and Harris did not reciprocate that at all. So I believe Denver has been more than fair to Chris Harris Jr. And he's not giving them back in terms of negotiating or on the field prowess. Last year, he took a big decline off the cliff, and I think the Broncos realized that ahead of time. It's, it's always smart to get rid of a player too soon than too late. Devin jumps in on Facebook, and he wants to know, this, is, this was news today as well, could Tremaine Johnson be a one-year prove-it deal type situation for the Broncos, kind of like Josh Norman getting his one-year prove-it deal? Johnson was uh, released today. What do you? Th- I'm not high on on Tremaine no. Johnson for whatever it's worth. I think the Broncos should avoid him. What do you think? There's a reason why the Jets are eating twelve million dollars by releasing him right now. He was god awful since signing that huge at the time record setting cornerback contract. And uh, if there's any veteran cornerback on the open market, the Broncos should sign. It's not Johnson. It is Prince and Mukamara. It just makes all the sense in the world. I mean, the Jets are gearing up to go after Bradbury and Byron Jones, but. Just because he was released does not mean he's a Broncos target. He was awful for a reason. He's on the street for a reason. He's going to want a lot of money. I wouldn't do it. Let's grab this from uh, Nick on Facebook. He says, I want your guys' opinion on our left tackle situation. My opinion, after CBS reported that Trent Williams is looking for roughly $20 million annually, <laughs> which is a bit too rich for my blood, at this yeah. point I would love to pick up Jason Peters and use a third or second round pick to have someone behind him for the next two years learning under Peters to take his place after he decides to hang it up. Thank you, Zach. Nick. For what it's worth, at $20 million, I'm off. I'm off the Trent Williams train. All right? And this is a guy I was advocating last week for the Broncos. Pick up the phone. and I'm okay with sending a second round pick to Trent Williams. But to re-sign him at $20 million per year? No way, dude. Not – I mean, I know he's considered the top left tackle in the NFL when he's on the field, but he's 31, dude. No way am I even considering paying him $20 million. I mean, he's on the cap for 2020. I think it was $12.5 million is what he's currently booked to make, Zach. Maybe a couple million raise short-term, guarantee him some, uh, you know, some extra money the first year or two. But beyond that, no way am I coming close to $20 million, Zach. 
I mean, and he just missed an entire season of football, and he had I, cancer, wasn't it, Chad? Didn't he have a bout of cancer he went through? Yeah, he had some kind scare? of a cancer on his head that the team that he was worried about, the team dismissed pre-cancer, like a pre, some kind of pre-cancer. Right. I can't remember the whole story. I don't want to steer anybody wrong. I'm not trivializing that, but I just don't, I don't want to spend a second round pick and twenty million dollars franchise quarterback money for a 31 year old tackle who, and I'll say this again, might not start. He might not beat out Garrett Bowles. You never know what could he might get injured again, and Garrett Bowles could be starting. It's just a lot of money to spend on a guy when you already have right now, as it stands, your two starting tackles on paper. Cheaper than that, I'm I'm willing to consider it. A third round pick, willing to consider, it, but twenty million and a second rounder. No, give me Jason Peters for a one year deal. Go draft a tackle, then you still have both your guys, and you're saving a lot of money in the interim. There is the connection that Peters has to Pat Shermer. You know, you don't want to completely discount that. He is thirty eight. I think if the Broncos, Evan, we're going to grab you next. Hold on one sec, buddy. I think if the Broncos were in a more dire situation where one of those two tackle spots. Yeah. were un, unresolved, I think. But then again, actually, as I go down that train of thought, Zach, you don't know what you're going to get from Juwan James. Like, you hope he bounces back. You hope that he, since it's an even year, you get him for 15 or 16 games. <laughs> but, dude, that was off the reservation last year, the way he kind of just from week one on, the back and forth between him and the team, the team kind of sending out smoke signals, questioning his toughness, and then him coming out at the end when he's clearing out his locker after week 17 saying, I tore ligaments and like basically implying that the Broncos were uh, asking him to play on a torn knee and whatnot. Like you just don't know what you're going to get. And if that's the case, I mean, you've got upwards of $57 million today in cap space. If you got to pay, you know, I don't know what you could what you could get done with Jason Peters, but let's say five to six million on a one year deal to come be your swing guy. Hey, dude, that's I'd be all over that. I mean, the thing about James, though, you just gave him a fifty million dollar contract. You got to give him one full season, Chad, as a starter. You got to let him show what he can do or cannot do in this offense, and that's why you're going to spend twenty million on top of that in a second round pick. It's just too rich for my blood. The only thing I was going to say, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. If there's one team and one GM that would do this, that would bring in an injury prone lineman and give him a lot of money. It's the Denver Broncos. It's John Elway. You cannot rule it out completely. I just that's just way too much for me. I was already wavy with a second round pick, but twenty million on top of that, no way at all. Evan jumps in on super chat, five dollar donation. Thank you, Thank Evan, you, for becoming one of our superstars. You guys are awesome as always. What is your ideal realistic offseason? Starting at in-house moves to free agency to the first few rounds, go Broncos. Evan, it starts with for me. You got Justin Simmons getting him re-signed. Derek Wolf, you still got a Zach get one more cornerback in here, whether it's through free agency or the draft. I would prefer to do two. You get one in free agency, maybe you draft one in the premium rounds, one of these top uh, 100 picks. You got five of them right now. Use one of those on a corner. You got to add to the cornerback room. You got to add cornerback depth or uh, offensive line depth. And that's me. Connor McGovern, and I'm a lot more encouraged now seeing that report from Nikki Jabala earlier today that they might be able to get a deal done without breaking the bank. I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm a little bit more optimistic about it. Getting a guy like Connor McGovern re-signed, that would go a long way towards, towards at least giving you a projected four out of five guys you can count on to start on that O-line, and he's, just, he's another incumbent, so you've got some continuity there. All you're really looking at doing is filling the right guard spot. So once you get that done, Zach, it comes to the draft. What would what would be your first move in the draft? 
It depends how the board breaks. I, I just think I, you got to go wide receiver considering the quality receivers on the board and considering how much the Broncos have shown their, their love for Henry Ruggs. I mean, he would be the pick, I think, at 15 right now. And if they don't draft a tackle, it could be worse if he's on the board. But my inclination, my inkling right now is is a receiver in round one. In terms of in-house moves, I'll just to answer the question. I'm bringing back Justin Simmons. I'm bringing back Derek Wolf. I'm exploring Connor McGovern. Then I'm venturing out of house. Then I'm going to DJ Reader. Then I'm going to Amukamara. And then I'm seeing what Schobert wants. I'm seeing what Littleton wants. Too much, I'm backing off. I'll wait to the draft. But that's, I think, realistic. Adding Reader, adding Amukamara, signing a couple in-house guys, and taking those defensive uh, solutions into the draft and focusing on offense. So into the draft in round one, I'm going wide receiver or offensive line. It's got to be one of the two, Chad. Are you still considering, are you still picking up the phone and checking with Byron Jones camp to see what it's going to cost? I, I, I just I just don't see how you can do it and you give Boye a big deal. Simmons is going to get a big deal. Byron Jones is going to want, I think, 16 a year and just record-setting guaranteed money. I guess I would pick up the phone for diligence, but I, I don't think it's realistic at all to to think they can sign him. All right. No, John, you rock, bro. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, John. Uh, Tyler says, Cesar Ruiz in the draft if we don't bring back McGovern. Even if they do bring back McGovern, Cesar Ruiz, I lo- he's he'd be great in uh, round two, if you maybe even round one. But Connor McGovern, I mean, Ruiz is a center. Connor McGovern can play right guard or center. He doesn't have to be your center. Uh, Peck M511 wants to know on uh, Periscope, any chance on Leonard Williams if he hits free agency? Zach, I don't know how goo-goo-ga-ga the Broncos are about Williams, former top five pick, whatever he was for the Jets, but he didn't have a great year last year. I still think he's going to make some money on the open market, but yeah. I don't think he's in line to completely cash in like he could have. So I think it's it's possible if he's a guy that Vic Fangio is walking into Elway and saying, this is a guy I want. Let's What do we got to do to get him? I haven't heard any signs that that's the case. Sounds more like DJ Reader, Jordan Phillips. Javon Hargrave are more kind of the the train of thought Fangio and company have. I just read today, in fact, that discussions between Williams and the Giants broke down because he wants too much money. I think he's angling for $14 million annually, and I'm backing way out of that if that's the case. He's a guy that strikes me. If he gets paid, he's checking out completely, and I don't want to gamble on that. So I'm give all that money way less than that. I think Reader would come about... 10 or 11 a year, you know, 9 to 10, 11 million dollars a year. He's a better player to me, or Jordan Phillips has a plan B. Um, th- that's where I would go in that direction. Hey, uh, see on your stream if you can scroll down to the next super chat after Evan McKinley because All right, let me mine see. did one of those jump things and I can't go back up. The next one I can get to because, again, guys, you know, we we are not going to skip over any of our super chat superstars. The next guy I've got is Glenn Hauser. So if we need to, I can I can pull up yeah, YouTube. And, same for me too. Glenn. Okay, so I know that. Uh, why don't we let's grab um, let's grab Glenn real quick, and then while you answer his question, I'll pull up YouTube. Thanks again, by the way, Glenn. Thank that you, five dollar donation it means a ton to us, bro. He says, which free agent signing would be your biggest fear, and conversely, which free agent signing would you make dance in the streets? <laughs> uh, your answer is that. Before Boye, it was Byron Jones that make me dance in the streets. I just think he's a really, really top-level cornerback. But, you know, as it stands right now, being realistic, if the Broncos can get an inside linebacker like Schobert or Littleton for not breaking the bank money, I would dance in the streets. If they can get DJ Reader for a fairly team-friendly rate, I would dance in the streets. I don't have too much fear. I really can't think of anyone that I'd be fearful of signing. I mean, the Broncos, I didn't want Josh Norman. 
I don't want Marcel Darius. I know it's a random name. I'm not really fearful. I can't really think of anything on top of my head, Chad, that I'm overly fearful about. There's players that come with more injury factor and risk, but no one that I'd want the Broncos to permanently shy away from. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is you just don't want to bust out. You can't have another 2019 free agent class where you go one for three. You know, Kareem Jackson was a huge hit and that mitigated some of the sting of not having Bryce Callahan on the field It mitigated some of the sting of Jawan James not being on the field. But you just have to avoid that at all costs this year. And by the way, the one guy who it won't let us show. So I'm going to go ahead and grab him right now is Stu McPeak, who jumped in with a let me let me find it here. Twenty dollar donation on Super Chat. Thank you, Stu. Stu, you are the man. You are on Mount Rushmore, you know we love you. We we appreciate you. Sorry I can't show that actual uh, card. It just sometimes – and today the stream service is acting up a little bit, but you know how much we love you, bro. Appreciate you. Uh, BNS on YouTube wants to know, what's up, guys? Don't you think it's important to put aside some of this cap cash to pay Lindsay? I do. Absolutely. Like, I've been advocating for that. Both of us have. Like, it's – even if a little bit early because of how prolific he's been to open his career as a former college free agent, get him signed now, peel off. It's not going to take the world to get him uh, extended on a relatively team-friendly type of contract, Zach. That's why I hate this idea of going out. One of the many reasons why I hate the idea of the Broncos going out and spending money outside the club on a starter-type running back. You've already got one. You've got your starter type. His name's Philip Lindsay. Give him some money, incentivize him, encourage him. And, uh, you know, bring someone in to compliment him, but not to kind of compete with him as the starter. He's earned that, I would think, after back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. 
I'm glad you said that because there's one name that I brought, I'd want the Broncos to be fearful of. That's Melvin Gordon. I want nothing to do with him at all. He's injury prone. He's going to be expensive. And for the reason you just said, Lindsey is the guy. He is the number one running back. He is the star of the offense. He is your game changer. The Broncos need to feed him and feed him often in 2020. In terms of signing him, though, it's always scary investing in a running back. Look what the Cowboys did with Zeke last year. $90 million, already regretting that move. But Lindsey is a guy that you want to reward. He's a homegrown, undrafted free agent, worked his way up from the sixth string into a household name. The Broncos should set aside some money for him, for Sutton, for a lock down the road. Fortunately, with the new CBA, all the new TV deals will kick in as well. well they'll have some more cap space as the years go on. It's not a pressing need right now, though if they sign him now, they would save some money later on based on market value. But he's going to get a new deal regardless, just a matter of when, not if. All right, let's see what else we've got here, guys, because it's kind of a a, a quiet night or a quiet day in terms of news and stuff. We'll keep this one relatively, relatively short. Uh, let's see here. Bear with me one sec, guys. Let me jump down. We'll come back up and grab some other guys here. But Chase, been waiting for a minute, jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Some think Elway is at fault. I say it's Chris Harris, Jr., you know, if I had to point a finger, Zach, I would say Elway has been a lot more forthcoming in terms of it takes two to tangle, right? And I think Elway's been the more consistent guy coming to the table and saying, let's find a way. Yeah. And Chris Harris kind of having to be strong-armed into that situation. He's the one kind of running away, and Elway's going to the table, which is why I think at this stage Elway's kind of just turned the page. And that's what you saw from the in the A.J. Bouye trade is Elway telegraphing to Harris and everyone else that, Look, dude, we tried. Catch you on the flip-flop. Like I said earlier, Elway did not have to incentivize Chris Harris Jr. He did not have to give him a pay raise on top of what he was already getting in his base pay for, for 2019. He was under contract. It was a good faith move by Denver saying, listen, we'll give you this now. We're not going to give you number one cornerback money, but if you perform like that this season, we will re-explore that next offseason. He did not explore that. And in hindsight, great move by Elway not investing then a market-setting contract for Chris Harris Jr. He is not anywhere worthy of that. He is far from being the top cornerback in the NFL. The Broncos have been more than fair. Elway, especially for someone being so stingy and uh, kind of tight with money, he's given every opportunity for Chris Harris Jr. to earn a new deal. It's just you, you have to perform on the field and earn it. I don't think Chris did last season. Terry jumps in up in Canada on Super Chat. We appreciate you, Terry. Proving, as always, Broncos country is not a geographic state of being or ge- geographic location. <laughs> it is a state of being. And right there on the hoodie, Chad. How could you miss what it? happens when uh, <clears throat> you try to read while you're reciting something from memory? Speaking of reading, Terry says the DJ reader thing seems to be picking up steam. Read a couple other teams are going to push for him as well. What would you pay for him? Um, I think is I think Spot Track set his value, Zach DJ Reader at like eleven and change. Like he's right up there with Shelby Harris in terms right. of market value. I don't like him for that much though. Like I'm I'm trying to see if I can't get a deal done for nine or ten million. But if you have outside teams willing to pay him more than that, and you really want him, you're going to have to compete. You're going to have to offer that money. But I'll believe that twelve million figure that Spot Track is projecting when I see it. Some of these numbers they're throwing out, I think, are a little inflated. Yeah, I'm with you there, though. If Shelby Harris gets 12, DJ Reader will get at least 12. He's a superior player and a more experienced, I think, an accomplished player than Shelby Harris. I'm willing to spend $9 million for sure, nine and a half, ten. 
Above $10 million, though, it gets tricky. I want to see how the contract is structured. I want to see the years. I want to see the guarantees. I don't think I go to $11 million, especially since you're signing Derek Wolf as well for probably around that figure, too. Uh, 10 though, I'm good. $9, i am great. 11 I shy away from Reader a little bit. Bonabeast is saying $8 million for Reader, tops, which I just don't think uh... – it's not I realistic. Think that's going to get it done, no. but I would. Who knows? You don't. We don't know. He's coming off a rookie contract as a fifth round or a sixth round pick, so you know he's used to making about half a million dollars a year right now, gross as a player. So who knows? Maybe depending on what the market is for him, you might be able to get him for eight million. But I don't think. I think that's just a little too low, Buana. Uh, Edward jumps back in with a donation on super chat. Thanks, Edward. Thank you, Edward. He says, "Would you guys be open to picking up Eric Armstead?" Freaking absolutely, dude. I would love Eric Armstead in this defense, but he's a guy that, you know, we've heard buzz San Francisco might end up franchise tagging him like Chris Jones in in Kansas City. But even if they don't, Zach, he's going to command big dollars on the open market. The question is, is he worth 14 to 16 million per year? It's a good point. I think, you know, at 14 and if Reader's going to get 11 or 12, I think you spend the extra $2 million and get someone uh, of that caliber like Armstead. But I don't think he's leaving uh, the 49ers. I think they're going to find a way to keep him. They figured out last year that you win in the trenches, you win with the pass rush, and they have probably the best pass rush in the NFL right now. Armstead would be my number one defensive line target, but Chad and I haven't really entertained him because there's not much of a chance he's going to leave the Bay Area. If he did, he'd be the number one target, but I'm settling for Reader in a plan B scenario, just not approaching $12 million or what Armstead you know, could flirt with at, at the bare minimum. I mean, the, the flip side to the coin is the Broncos are going to have some serious money to spend this year. And that's another thing, too, that uh, Nikki Jabala brought up in her piece is that she doesn't think Derek Wolf is going to command anywhere near the $10 million mark, um, that he's kind of been projected – I don't know. I've heard it from a few different places. I won't say who, but, and I mean, I don't know, dude, I, I still think because he's coming off a, a season that was cut short by injuries, Zach, the idea being that he's going to have to take a prove it deal. If that's the case, it benefits the Broncos big time. Like, Hey man, come in, come back. We'll resign you. You're going to have to prove you can stay healthy for a year. And then maybe we can, you know, give you a multi-year deal, but we'll see how it shakes out with Derek Wolf, but you've got to get that resolved first. I mean, if you could get Derek Wolf back and get Eric Armstead, hmm. even if you didn't get a DJ Reader, okay, you have Mike Purcell to man the middle of the defense as your nose tackle coming back on an expected RFA tender. Plus, they can draft a guy. I mean, nose tackles aren't, you know, you, you'd like to have an elite one, but they're not exactly hard to find either. Look at Purcell last year. He came out of nowhere and just changed the whole defense. So Armstead would be a target, but I think he's going to price himself out of the Broncos range. And that's even assuming he leaves San Francisco, which I just don't see happening, Chad. Joseph jumps in on Super Chat with a $20 donation. Thank wow, you, thank you, Joseph. It means a lot. He says, anything new with signing Simmons and how much longer till we cut Flacco? So the news, Joseph, as it relates Simmons, is that the deadline for the franchise tag is Thursday. So expect some kind of movement between now and then. If it's not the news of a multi-year deal being struck, he's going to get tagged. So we'll have a for sure answer on Simmons by Thursday, even though we already know what it's probably going to be. We'll have it for sure by Thursday. And then Flacco, you know, it's – I don't think there's necessarily a deadline they have to – I'd have to do some research on that. I don't want to go out on a limb, but um, there's a chance that you could see a move moving on from Flacco between now and next uh, 
Well, what is the 18th? Is that Wednesday? Yeah, a week from Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a chance, but I don't know. I mean, they might they might drag their feet. I still think ultimately Flacco is going to be gone, Zach. I yeah. just don't know if it's going to happen between now and next Wednesday. Yeah, they might have to work out an injury settlement or something. Exactly. It might have be a side deal or some sort of you know formality. But he's going to be gone. He's not going to be with the Broncos for 2020. They can finally turn the page and just extinguish that bad karma from the locker room once and for all. All right, let's see what else we got here, guys, from Frankie. Hey, guys, wondering if you think someone in the tight end room might have their breakout year this season. Yeah, bro. Fan. No fan. Yep. No fan, dude. And that's the thing that I, so much was made about the idea that Pat Shermer's offense is not tight end friendly. That's not true. He just doesn't use a lot of multi-tight end sets. The number one tight end is going to eat, dude, and that's no offense, Zach. He could be basically like what you saw from Cortland Sutton in 2019 where – really encouraging rookie campaign, and then all of a sudden in 2019, like a quantum leap forward into I'm one of the best. You could see that from Noah Fant this year, especially in Pat Shermer's offense, and especially with Drew Locke as the trigger man entering his second year in the league. Fan is a guy that I can see having double-digit touchdowns, especially being a huge red zone target. Drew, Drew Locke is going to love throwing to this guy for a full 16-game season. Even if they draft Ruggs or Lamb or Judy, I think Fant will be the number two progression in the passing game behind Cortland Sutton. They're gonna, they've are gonna they already shown a little bit of a connection on the field that's going to grow, I think, this offseason into the regular season. He could be you know, an 800, 900-yard guy, can have 10 to 12 touchdowns, Definite breakout potential, even in Shermer's offense. Ron W. jumps in with a $10 donation you, on Super Chat. Ron, if you're on Twitter, man, hit us up because I I shout you out each and every night uh, that we have you in the stream here, and I just have to type your name. I don't know if you have a Twitter account, but I'd like to know what your handle is if you do. He says, see us, uh, Chris Harris. We now need Amukamara, Randall Cobb, DJ Reader, and Joe Schobert. Love that, and it will be a successful free agency. Draft a tackle. Tired of washed up linemen. I also received my shirt. I'll post it someplace. Nice. Thanks, guys. Good. Hope you like it, Ron. Yeah, we want to we want to see it. But your thoughts there for Ron. I love that haul. I mean, that's pretty much every free agent target I want the Broncos to go after. Randall Cobb, I know he's not very popular in Broncos country, but if there's a, a, a retread veteran receiver they should go after, it is Cobb. He has slot ability. He's he had a bounce back year with Dallas. He has special teams ability. I'd love to add him to the mix and draft a guy like Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb and just completely uh, supplement the receiver room. Reader, we all, we've talked about ad nauseum, you know, uh, Prince of Mukamara. And then in the draft, get your tackle. I'm also tired of these injury washed up, retread lineman. Go draft a, a developmental prospect. We've been talking about that, Chad, since our very first podcast. They haven't had a guy in the building they can develop. I'm tired of leaning on the Jake Rogers and the Elijah Wilkinsons of the world. I want a premium prospect that can come in at a moment's notice and start if Bowles becomes Bowles or James becomes you know, the bad Juwan James. All right, guys. We're uh, starting to run out of time. We'll grab a few more here. Everyone that's already weighed in on Super Chat, we'll make sure we grab you, and then we got to get out of here for tonight. Jake jumps in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Thank, Thank you, Jake. Jake. He says, it seems like Elway overspends on someone every year. Who do you think that will be or what position will that be? Zach, my opinion is even with A.J. Bouye in the fold, if Elway overspends, it'll either be adding another cornerback or on the offensive line. Somewhere like I fear him going to like all in on Brandon Scherf, which yeah. if you end up landing a Brandon Scherf, you know, he's a great player. He's going to command big money, but you worry about the fact that the last two years he finished both seasons on injured reserve. 
I can also see Elway, like I mentioned, going after Trent Williams and paying him that $20 million and giving up his second-round pick. So I agree with you. Also, defensive line, I can see him bringing back Derek Wolf above um, a team-friendly rate and also adding a DJ Reader for you know $11, $12 million a year. Or cornerback, I don't know if a trade for Darius Slays in the works, but Amuka Mara maybe at a higher rate or someone like Ronald Darby on the open market or whoever. I agree with you. Secondary, defensive line, offensive line, I think that's where Elway will look to overspend this offseason. Matthew, for what it's worth, when I say, let me pull up YouTube, when we stream live, we're connected to YouTube, but we're not actually on YouTube as we stream from the platform. So what we see is the same comment stream you see on YouTube, watching it from YouTube or even our viewers on Facebook. What you see is what we see. The problem we run into sometimes is, is if it's really stacked, a lot of people in the chat and the comments are coming hot and heavy, the platform that we use, sometimes it jumps down to the, the most recent comment and then it won't let us scroll back up to where we were in in continuity. So when that happens, we have to I have to open up a new window and go directly to YouTube to see what we might have missed. So just to clarify, that's how, for example, Terry, we had to shout uh, Stu out after the fact instead of being able to show his super chat card. And it happens once in a blue moon. We hate it when it happens. There's no way to control it other than us not being quite as long-winded at the top of the show. But we, you know, we want to answer everyone's questions. And every once in a blue moon, that happens. So, um, all right, let's see what Andy says. I understand the left side of the O-line issues. We have a good mobile quarterback, correct? Get the best wide out to help him complement Sutton. We must believe in our coaches. Strong need for a linebacker that can cover tight ends. That's one of the things too, Zach, that I could possibly see John Elway overspending on is a, a free agent linebacker that can help cover like a Joe Schobert or a Littleton, maybe being willing to compete at the top of the market and pay out the, out the wazoo to get one of those guys in here. I'm not necessarily predicting that, but going back to one of those previous questions about who he could overpay that, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me. I I wouldn't mind, you know, incrementally overpaying or not significantly overpaying Joe Schobert. He has three down linebacker ability. He'd be an instant plug and play starter next to AJ Johnson. I just don't see based on, you know, last year and the way the Broncos approached that position, they would go a little cheaper than spending a market resetting contract on a Schobert or Littleton. I just think they're going to develop someone like they did with Johnson that proved successful for them. I think they're going to follow that blueprint again with whoever they put next to him. It might be Todd Davis. I might not make any moves there. Prank Films jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Thank PF. You. Says, who do you think Denver will look at in free agency to replace Connor McGovern and Ronald Leary? And do you think Denver could draft a punter in the seventh? Hopefully. I think it's I think it's almost a near guarantee, Zach, that if they don't that they they're probably going to draft a punter late. And if they don't draft a punter late, they're going to bring a guy in to directly basically a guy they believe that can take Kobe Wadman's job out of the gates. Like Kobe Wadman, he's still on the roster because you need to have a guy that's punted in the NFL before, but the Broncos are going to be actively trying to churn that particular position. Uh, but getting back to the replacement for Connor McGovern and Ronald Leary, some of the options are, I mean, if it depends on how much money you want to spend, right? If you want to go out there and really compete, because Ronald Leary was one of the high-dollar free agents of his class in 2017, and Elway kind of won that particular free agent, got him for whatever it was, $8.5 million per year. You're going to have to pay nearly double that if you want Brandon Scherf. I've heard differing things on Joe Thune, but those are the two guys at the top that 
that you could see uh, being candidates for the Broncos at right guard. Center, I'm not sure exactly. We'd, we'd have to look at that. I can pull it up on Spot Track, but what do you think? Well, Ted Karras is a name I suggested from the Patriots. That's, right. That's one potential option. But I don't think Elway is going to want to replace two starting offensive linemen in Locke's first season as an NFL starter. I think he'd want some sort of continuity. So I'm leaning toward, especially if Job Vala is correct, Chad, it, it, McGovern can come back at a, a fairly team-friendly rate. I'm resigning him and having only one hole to fill, which is Leary's, and I'm finding that guy in the draft. Unless you splurge for Thune, uh, you're not going to find that guy on the open market. I would go to the draft, rebuild there, get Mike Munchak's approval, and then you only have to you know replace one starter and one new guy i would have continuity with mcgovern considering also he's snapping the ball to lock he's the quarterback of the offensive line it's not easy to change i want as much continuity and comfortability as possible for lock in 2020 stefan wisniewski is an option as a free agent center ryan khalil as well but he's 35 so i don't know how much sense that would make i don't think it would make a lot uh ben garland Old Ben, remember him for uh, the Denver Broncos, had him as a defensive lineman, tried him a little bit at offensive line. He ended up just starting in a Super Bowl. Uh, James Ferentz, former Broncos center, he's still out there. Brett Jones, Kronis Grassu's out there. Honestly, of this crop of centers, I mean, Connor McGovern's kind of the crown jewel of these this group, Zach, yeah. which is why I still think, man, he's going to get paid. You know, I'm leaning more toward now just paying McGovern. We haven't really talked about him as an in-house guy that's a lock to be resigned or one guy that we want to be resigned. But the more I'm thinking about it and the value that he can come with and the experience he provides, I, I would do it McGovern right now. I would do him at, you know, eight or nine a year if I can get him for that rate. Jordan wants to know on YouTube, is it possible the Broncos could trade the third rounder they got from the Sanders trade to move up to take rugs? Uh, if would that not be enough to move up? All right, so this is something that just depends on how quick, how far they want to get up. Like if they want, if they're trying to get into the top five, it's going to take a lot more than just a third round pick. Right. If they're just trying to get from like pick fifteen to uh, like w- yesterday, for example, we were asked about the Jets. I think yeah, it's the Jets, and I confuse the Jets' current standing in the draft order with last year, thinking they were they were in the top five, and so I'm thinking yeah, it's going to take this year's first, it's going to take next year's first, just a couple third round picks possibly. And uh, but they're picking at eleven. So if you're picking at eleven, and odds are you, you never know for sure until it shakes out. But odds are you can probably get from fifteen to eleven with two third round picks. I actually looked at the, the draft value chart. I think a third and a fourth can do from fifteen to eleven. And the Broncos, would, I mean, if they can make that trade, that's rugs all day every day. I mean, I would give up. They already have a second, third, fourth round pick. They still have another one, um, even after the trade for Boye. So yeah, third and a fourth could do it from fifteen to eleven. That's if though the Jets want to be open to that move. They have to. It takes two to tango. So if the Jets want to demand more. I'm not giving more than that. I'll tell them to kick rocks and let the board fall where it does at fifteen. Magic, funny moments, jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. Started watching about a week ago and love the content. Well, welcome. Good to have you. Appreciate that. What do you guys think of Kareem Jackson going back to corner and re-signing Will Parks? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, Zach, but the Broncos just aren't thinking that way. Fangio wants Jackson as a safety period end of story. You're downgrading two spots in that scenario, Chad. You're getting worse at cornerback and safety. I mean, he just thrived there. He had a really, really, really resurgent year at safety, and he proved me wrong. I was not a fan of him moving from cornerback, but you have your an old veteran star. You have your young up-and-coming star in Justin Simmons. I am not fixing what isn't broken. I'm leaving that in place and just you know adding to the cornerback group this offseason. 
All right, let's see what else we got here from Wesley Myers jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate Thank you, Wesley. Says, would you like to see Denver go to free agency for a proven running back and try again in the draft as high as the 15th pick? No. I mean, I'm of the opinion don't spend on a running back and free agency if you you do need to add because you've only got two guys with – I mean, I guess you could throw Kalfani Muhammad in there as a guy that has some NFL experience, but you got Philip Lindsay, you got Royce Freeman – Two starting caliber – I mean, Philip Lindsay's already a starter. He's not a bell cow because of his size, but he's a starting caliber guy. I think you could argue that Royce Freeman is starting caliber. Like if push came to shove and the Broncos had to play football today, they could get by with those two guys. But then behind them, we've already heard, learned that Devontae Booker is not coming back. Theo Riddick's not coming back. So what I'm saying, Zach, is don't go spend money on a, on a high-risk position like running back – you need to add to the group. You need to add to the room. Do it in in uh, the draft. I'm just so surprised that the, the it seems like the collective temperature on Lindsey is not that hot in the Broncos fan base. I mean, he is the guy. I don't want a Melvin Gordon. I don't want a first-round running back. I am not touching running back, Chad, until at least the third round, if not the fourth yeah. round. I'm ignoring that position completely. The Broncos have bigger needs. They have their superstar. They have a pretty good backup guy in, in Royce Freeman. You don't have to prioritize that. You have your two guys in place already. Just add to it later in the draft. Don't spend money on a retread. Don't waste draft picks, high round draft picks. Just add to it later on. That's what how I would attack it. Like I wouldn't be completely opposed to them going out and paying small money on like a DeAndre Washington. Remember the, the Raiders third mm-hmm. down back, a guy who can come in and catch passes right out of the gates for you. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, even late draft or college free agent ranks, let's not forget Broncos grabbed 2000 yard rushers in the last seven years out of the, out of the college yeah. free agent ranks and CJ Anderson and Philip Lindsay. And they won Great a Super point. Bowl with one. Both guys made it to a Pro Bowl. It can be done. Mark jumps in on a Super Chat, one of our superstars with a $5 donation. Appreciate you, you, bro. Mark. Love that gear in your profile pick. He says, what's up, my guys? If Garrett Bowles can clean up his, if Garrett can clean up his toilet bowls, then I'll be sold. Until then, I agree with Zach Perna. I have to see more <laughs> progress. That still throws me off, man, because uh, Zach's my friend and Brandon's my friend. To see Zach Perna, my brain does one of these. <laughs> Anyway, always, your thoughts. Always makes me smile, though, so yeah. I appreciate that, Mark. Absolutely. Speaking of Hall of Fame, Brandon Perna, Hall of Fame. We all know mm-hmm. him. Uh, Jonathan jumps back in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Jonathan. Thank Remember, you, Jonathan. hit me up on Twitter if you're on. It says, how likely do you think we can sign Prince of Mukamara to go along with AJ? I think it's extremely likely. We know both sides have an interest. It's just a matter of the nitty-gritty winnowing it down to bottom line cost. What's it going to be? We'll see. But I think this Josh Norman deal is a sign that Prince might have to recognize. He's not going to find a 9 million plus deal on the open market for a player of his relative accomplishments the last few years, even though, again, he hasn't fallen off the cliff like Norman did last year, but he is getting up there and he didn't have a great year for the Bears last year and he was made almost 10 million bucks. He's not going to get that again this year. It makes almost too much sense to happen, Chad. And the the more days that go by and it doesn't happen would lead me to believe the Broncos aren't as high on them as I think the fans are. But like you just mentioned, it's a great point. Now I think Norman signing for below market value and taking a real prove-it deal could in- encourage Mukamara to say, listen, I'm not going to get more than that on the open market. I know Vic Fangio. I know the system. I can come in, rehab my value, and score later on uh, the next offseason. So it's likely... Um, I think the Broncos are now hoping to work out the financial aspect ahead of the signing period to get him in the building and focus on other areas on the open market. 
Joseph jumps back in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Appreciate you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. Is there any chance Deshaun Hamilton competes for the second wide receiver job? I think there's a good chance he has a much better year. Thanks again for everything, guys. Yeah, that's one of the things you don't know about last year is he finally came on down the stretch once Drew Locke was inserted. You don't know if that's a false positive, to use a a popular term around Dove Valley right now. But, yeah, he's going to – it depends on exactly – how they fill that slot, Zach, if it ends up being a number 15 overall pick wide receiver, they're going to give that job probably to the rookie first round pick and Hamilton will kind of rotate in and out at number three, but he's going to get a chance to compete on this roster and for playing time because he is a savvy route runner. He's tough. He catches the ball over the middle. That one drop that he had in the end zone against Oakland uh, week one, that was the exception. That's not the rule for Hamilton. He's usually very sure-handed receivers Zach. Maybe I'm more down on him because I I never was a crazy fan of his pick, but I, to me, he strikes me as a career upside number three guy. He's never going to be a number two, never going to be a star, never going to be a household name, but you always need guys like that to round out the depth chart. If he could be number three, number four, he showed a decent chemistry with Locke on the field. He actually got better once Locke was inserted into the lineup, so hopefully that's a sign of things to come. But there, it's not going to preclude the Broncos from taking a receiver. They still need a speedster at the number two spot. Sutton's the number one guy. I, I, that's why I said down yesterday's pod chat, it could be a battle for one spot or two spots between Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, and Juwan Winfrey. I mean, they have three young guys who are all mostly possession and receiving threats, no true speedsters among them. It could be a battle to see who lasts, and whoever does get those spots, they'll get playing time, just not starter snaps. I'm trying to see here toward the end of the stream, Gabriel's trying to get our attention on something. I don't know what I missed here, but I'm not seeing a question here in the stream from Gabriel. I see a lot of people adding Gabriel, but I'm looking here on what the stream will allow me to see, and I don't see anything. So, Gabriel – oh, here we go. I see it. Would any of you t- would any of you uh, to trade Von Miller for Khalil Mack right now? Zach, my answer is no. No. Your answer. Uh, no. I, 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 Khalil Mack's a great player, but Von Miller at his best, I think, is a better player than Khalil Mack at his best. And uh, Von Miller is going to have a bounce back season, I think, in Vic Fangio's system year two in 2020. I wouldn't do it. There'd be too much dead money on the books. It'd be way too much to bring on with Mack's contract. No way. I mean, look, Von needs to play better than he did last year, but I'm still For in sure. a holding pattern in terms of I'm willing to chalk that up to just a weird confluence of factors that led to him kind of having a down year. And I think he's going to be motivated going into 2020 to prove to everybody that that was a fluke and we could see him take a huge step forward in Fangio's scheme and having Bradley Chubb's back back is going to make a huge difference in that effect. So no, I'm totally, I'm not trading Von Miller for Khalil Mack, even though that's very unrealistic. It's uh, even if it was realistic, that's not something I'd be interested in. Kyle jumps in. Wow. Wow. $20 donation. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate you, bro. He says, sorry, I'm late, boys. Been super busy. First live I've caught all week. Thanks, as always, guys. Thank you, Appreciate the love, dude. That means the world to us. Thank you. And uh, we will tag you on Twitter after the pod, my friend. All right, let's see what else we got. Then we're getting close to an hour, so we got to wind it down here. I don't want to uh, miss anybody. So let's see real quick. From Justin on YouTube, he wants to know, is Lamar Miller an option at running back for us, or will he want too much money? Zach, if you could – I mean, we've already kind of talked quite a bit about paying running backs, but what are your thoughts on Lamar Miller specifically? 
loved him in college. I thought he'd be a really good pro. It just never materialized. He's had some injury concerns. He's had some fumbling concerns. I, I just don't want to waste the money on that guy, even if he can catch passes, Chad, devote that money to paying a Simmons or paying a Derek Wolf and draft that running back, draft that pass catcher. In the NFL nowadays, I hate to say it, they're a dime a dozen. You can get that guy as an undrafted free agent. I am not wasting money on Melvin Gordon and Lamar Miller. No retread veteran injury for running backs. Keep him away from this building. And honestly, I mean, last year he made his cap number was seven to seven point two million for the Texans in twenty nineteen. No way do I want to pay that kind of money for anyone not named Philip Lindsay right now. It maybe be a conversation for Derrick Henry for me, but I don't think it's going to be realistic as a possibility. But even then, I I'm not sure that I would be willing to do that. Like I think Philip Lindsay deserves an extension and the shot to to prove to uh, this new offensive coaching regime that he can be the guy. All right, let's see here, Zach. Um, Kyle, I think uh, I think that's it. I just want to make sure I don't miss any of our super chat superstars. So we'll grab two more and uh, we'll get out of here for tonight. Doug, we already talked about Chris Harris. None, neither of us really see much positive coming that way in terms of him reuniting with the Broncos. Let me shoot way back up here. And uh, Robert wants to know Lloyd Cushenberry for center, LSU center. I'm really high on Cushenberry. And if he ends up, um, if he ended up as the first round pick for the Broncos at 15, I wouldn't shed a tear. Like he's, he's like Dalton Reisner. He's a plug and play, you know, pro bowl caliber guy within his first couple of years in the league. I love the idea. And if you can get him in the second round, it's, it would be the dream. Yeah, I, I would all day, every day, Christian Berry in the second round. I think he will be a first-round pick, though. And if the Broncos want to trade down to the 20s, I, I'm all for that great value pick there. It can be an instant starter. But there's so many dominoes that have to fall. They'd have to be – McGovern would have to be gone. They'd have to pass on a wide receiver, pass on a tackle. If he makes it to the second round, premium target. Late in the first round of the trade down, premium target. At 15, though, bigger needs, I think, and, and more uh, better players on the board. Nick, a.k.a. Anubis GOE on YouTube, jumps in. This is the last one, guys, that we're going to wish you a good evening. He says, I read a third mock, my favorite, read a th- three-round mock. My favorite quote was similarly to how the Chiefs have built their skill positions on speed, Denver could build it on size and vertical ability. How many defenses in the NFL would have an answer for a Sutton, C.D. Lamb on the outside, Noah Fand at tight end, Chenault as a big slot? You guys, thoughts also? Okay, yeah. Dude, I I don't know about it necessarily rivaling. Well, it's just there's different ways to skin a cat, right, Zach? And right. as long as you have the right trigger man, there's a lot of different mix and match type of things you can do with skill positions. And I think the Broncos do have that trigger man in Drew Locke. And I think it's just a matter of at this stage, I don't know how realistic it is that you're going to get both C.D. Lamb and – uh, Chenault in the draft, but if you did, man, that would be a dream. Yeah, that was my thought as well. It, it's just as it, great as that would be, and I would I would love if that happened. It's just there's no really realistic chance of that happening. Um, but like you said, Chad, franchise quarterbacks can make everyone around them better. I mean, literally look at what Tom Brady has done for two decades now. He's never really had an all-star supporting receiving cast aside from maybe Gronkowski, and he's just made everyone better around him, just jags, no-name guys. That is the power of a franchise quarterback. It would be great having Lamb and Chenault, but one of the two I will take, and it would make this offense, I think, to a top 10 unit. Very explosive. A lot of points on the board. 
Joseph jumps in on the way out with another super chat. Appreciate you, Joseph. you, Joseph. That means the world to us, my friend. And Justin jumps in as well. First time putting up money. A uh, bit well worth it. And thank you guys for being so honest. Love you guys to death. And I'll be buying some merch soon. Thank you, Justin. Justin. Dude, seriously, guys. This, it means so much to us. Like We take this so seriously and are honored that you guys would support uh, our podcast financially in any way, shape or form. I mean, we love just having you here and being a part of the conversation. And so when you guys show us that kind of love and Justin, you know, chipping in like that, it just, you know, I have to pinch myself sometimes because Zach and I are absolutely lucky to have such a passionate and dedicated and outgoing listener base that is just so locked in on this show. Like it's, we are very lucky and we appreciate you guys. We talk about it all the time off camera. We're just, we, we're speechless sometimes. We're just so appreciative of how the podcast has grown. And when we started Super Chat, we had no visions of having a, of this monetary support. And we just, no. we cannot thank you guys enough. It, it's, we love just hopping on here and talking Broncos football. We did it as a straight pod. We did it as Facebook Lives and videos in any form, any medium. We love doing it. But to have you guys along for the ride, it sounds cliche. It sounds like it's BS, but it's really the truth. We love communicating with everyone. And I see some questions coming in, Chad. I didn't get to my question. I didn't get to my question. There are so many questions coming in. It's a good problem for Chad and I to have. We love entertaining it, but it's just we try to get to everyone and, and some get lost in the fold. But we see everyone's support. We see all the questions, and we are completely appreciative. We talk about it all the time. So, again, thank you so much, guys. Well said, my friend. Well said. And there's only so much we can say about it. Like, we try to communicate to that to you guys, and there's honestly no way that we can, in my opinion, fully convey how how much we appreciate that support. So anyway, end of sermon. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Also make sure you're following the main account at Mile High Huddle and my partner here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned guys, because we have a pretty busy week coming up. We'll see what happens with Thursday on the uh, franchise tag deadline. We've got the draft coming up in April, and Zach and I, we've already booked our rooms for Vegas. It's happening. We're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. More details on that as we get a little bit closer, but free agency next week, followed by the draft. It's an exciting time. I know we're all sick and tired of the speculation in terms of well, we love it, but some guy, you know, it can wear you down just wondering what's going to happen. That resolution's coming soon, at least in free agency here within a week or so. And we are just geeked out of our minds to break it down and talk about it with you guys. So uh, we're out of here for tonight, guys. Tomorrow you'll have a fresh episode of Building the Broncos. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Wednesday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. Until then, Zach, have a great start to your week, my brother. Have a great start to your week as well, Chad. Everyone else, we'll see you guys on Wednesday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.